Chapter Three, Part Two, of Shores of the Polar Sea, a narrative of the Arctic expedition of eighteen seventy-five six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Shores of the Polar Sea by Edward Lawton Moss. Chapter Three, Part Two our first musk-ox hunt led us to an isolated hilltop overlooking the bay in which h m s discovery afterwards wintered a sketch was made on the following evening from the spot where seven of the herd had fallen looking southward across the bay and beyond bellot island lady franklin sound extends away to the southwest and at the other side of the sound grinnell land rises in a line of straight cliffs and spreads away towards cape lieber on the left and to the distant peaks of victoria and albert range on the right it was then midnight and very calm a well-sheltered bay shut in by bellot island offered a secure harbour and both ships entered it steaming in towards a snow-covered valley at its head half a mile inland in the valley lay a cluster of dark objects through our telescopes they looked like boulders but as we watched them wondering at their uniform size they appeared to move in a moment there could be no mistake they were musk oxen eleven of them in all and within easy reach a hunting party of six was soon organized and in a few minutes a boat landed us on this yet untrodden shore we separated in three directions meaning to cut off the retreat of the animals landwards but unfortunately our left wing engaged the enemy sooner than we expected and they made off at a rolling gallop up a steep glen two of them evidently wounded turned downwards towards a ravine to the left but the main body vanished over the brow of a hill so many pounds of good flesh meat could not be allowed to escape without an effort and accordingly two of us started off uphill on the track of the game they had made almost a complete circle and we sighted them standing together on a steep isolated bluff nearly over where we had first seen them hidden by a projecting edge of the hill crest we scrambled to the top up a slope of stones and snow and surprised the beasts not ten yards off they galloped right and left heads down and sweeping the snow with their long shaggy fur but fell fast under the quick fire of our winchester repeating rifles murderous weapons for this sort of work in less than a minute all seven were stretched on the snow it was now necessary to skin and cut up our victims but before we commenced this very disagreeable duty the reports of rifles in the valley below induced us to look over the brow our comrades had been reinforced by others from the ships and a circle of assailants had closed round the wounded leader of the herd a splendid bull he was making his last stand close to the brink of a deep ravine gallantly facing round at the flash of each rifle he could no longer charge but the angry toss of his head showed how dangerous it would be to close with him he received no less than twenty-eight 
heavy snyder bullets before he fell muskox hunting is not as a rule exciting sport the skinning and cleaning of the game often in cutting wind and low temperature and the carrying of the meat on board the ship involved a good deal of labor upon a subsequent occasion one of our hunters conceived the happy idea of making a wounded ox carry his own beef towards the ship but the beast resented direction refused even to be led by the horns and finally overthrew his captor and had to be dispatched incontinently they rarely attack and can generally be approached within rifle range with little trouble sometimes however they are unaccountably timid animals that have not seen men are said to be devoid of fear but our experience does not bear out the statement every beast we met from the muskox to the lemming was afraid of us they seemed to take some time to realize that we did not belong to their world but having once made up their minds they showed even more terror than wild animals usually do each muskox gave us about two hundred pounds of meat often most excellent but occasionally tainted with the flavor that gives them their name we fail to ascertain the source of this characteristic it occurs in both sexes and at all ages and moreover it is not peculiar to the muskox for a haunch of reindeer presented to us by the governor of edge's mind possessed the very same flavor a long course of preserved food makes most fresh meat acceptable walrus and seal become delicacies owls foxes and even skuas are not to be despised but genuinely musky muskox is fit for nothing more civilized than eskimo dogs according to the program drawn up for our expedition before we left england the second ship was not to be carried beyond the eighty-second parallel of north latitude the sheltered harbor in which the ships now lay was eighty-one degrees forty-one and was in every way suited for the winter quarters of her consort here accordingly the first stage of the expedition terminated so far everything we had hoped for had been accomplished depots to cover retreat in case of disaster had been duly deposited at the Cary islands and at cape hawks and a suitable harbor for h m s discovery had been found beyond lady franklin's strait in a higher northern latitude than any human being had yet wintered in much of the navigable season still remained and though we had all long ago realized the absurdity of expecting open water in the far north we could not but look hopefully forward to the long stretch of coastline shown on the charts extending to within six degrees of the pole interrupted only by army fjord and navy opening end of chapter three part two recording by john brandon